The Once and Future Nerd Book 1 Princes of Jordan Chapter 3 A Little Blood Episode 2 Are you seriously still mad? I'm not mad. I just don't want to talk about it. Had Billy possessed the relevant insights into the human mind, he would have realized that when one human asks another, incredulously, whether they are still mad, the meaning behind any answer the other gives will inevitably be yes. Then again, had Billy possessed said insights, he may not have made Jen mad in the first place. Hey guys. Had Nelson possessed the relevant insight into human socializing, he would have known better than to be caught between two people in the midst of an are you still mad dance. But being Nelson, he wandered up to Billy and Jen and stood directly between them. They each muttered something that may have passed for hello and proceeded to stare intently at their own feet. Something wrong. No, Nelson. This has been fucking perfect. I can't think of a better way to spend a week. Billy returned to studying his toes. Jen retrieved her iPhone device and used it to distract herself. She accessed the device's store of music. Again, don't ask me. She found an item titled Dad's Tape. The device listed ten items labeled track one through track ten. Jen did not instruct the device to play this music. She simply stared at the words. As the silence stretched on, the tension slowly dissipated. Eventually, Billy felt safe enough to speak again. What do you even do on there anyway? I don't know. Just look at stuff, pictures, music. I go on Twitter a lot. It doesn't update or anything, but it reminds me of home, you know? What was the last tweet you got? You know Stacy Wallace? You mean that crazy Jesus girl? Oh, yeah, the one who hangs around practice and calls us the slut squad? She retweeted 50 Cent. I didn't know Fiddy was still relevant. Since when does that matter on Twitter? What did Fiddy have to say? Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about you calling him Fiddy. Quote, masturbation is a sin. You stop right now, fool. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. LOL, God is watching you. Should have taken his own advice and spared us that movie he made. All right, Nub Cheese, that was pretty good. The children's bonding moment was interrupted by the arrival of Brennan. He was still covered in mud and was trailed by the rest of the party. We need to leave within the hour. If these men found us, more will follow. Kaltir, search the woods. See if they brought horses. Where the hell are we going now? Castle Gwernatol. The sooner we restore His Majesty's royal line, the sooner we can see about getting you a home. Root-wise, I You'll recommend... go the way I choose and keep your mouth shut about it. Easy now. I'm going to be your queen someday. Today is not that day. Make whatever preparations you need to leave. The group dispersed to do just that. Yellowin strode off in the direction of the woods, his bow already out and an arrow knocked. Billy, with a grumble, began assembling and packing his armor. Jen, however, pulled Nia aside. Can I talk to you in private for a second? Back at Castle Guernatal, Arlene had shed her wedding dress. Back in sensible clothing, she and Gwendolyn attempted to puzzle through the rest of Ardell's scheming. 
My brother covets power. He'd never surrender his power over me unless it was to gain yet more power. What could he gain by marrying you to House Mooncrest? An army. Mooncrest commands an army. But every soldier in the realm would be needed to fight Traft. There'll be nothing left for Ardell to rule if the orcs burn it all. You're right, even my brother would see that. The two returned to thoughtful silence. Arlene's hands idly reached towards the book which Gwen had fetched from the library. True to her word, Gwen had chosen a tome entitled The Knights of the Wood and Hardlicks the Warrior Dragon. Arlene stared at the spine, a thought forming. The Knights of the Wood? They're not protecting us because they consider the Gwenatal dynasty fallen. And presumably they don't consider Felgir powerful enough on their own to take the High Crown. But Mooncrest's army, combined with the resources of Castle Gwenatal, might be enough to establish a new dynasty. Why not marry you to Felgir, then? Gunther's lords hate Felgir. They would sooner die than see the crown passed to his house. But why would his majesty pass the crown to anybody? He wouldn't. My god, Gwen. Ardell's going to try to steal it. And we need to stop him. At the Briarhelm farm, as most of the party was preparing to depart, Jen and Nia were standing alone, away from the group. Jen had asked Nia for a word, but rather than using any, the girl was standing awkwardly, and repeatedly looking around to make sure nobody was within earshot. Once, twice, three times, she opened her mouth to speak, but cut herself short and checked over her shoulder. What's troubling you? Is Billy not treating you kindly? No, nothing like that. What do you do around here when, uh, I'm not sure how you say it, you know, once a month? Nia clearly did not take Jen's meaning. Once every moon. She means she's gonna bleed soon. Jesus, can you stop that? Regan's stealthy arrival once again startled both Jen and Nia. She did, however, bridge the communicative gap. The girl asked for privacy. Is that what you mean, though? You will bleed soon? Yeah. I mean, I think so. It's been kind of hard to keep track, but but that's what you call it? Just bleeding? In polite society, it's referred to as one's affliction. That's kind of weird. In my society, we call it, oh, God's fucking damn it already. Nia glowered at Regan's impropriety. The impropriety, however, managed to crack a smile and a stifled chuckle from Jen for the first time around the rogue. Nia pretended not to notice. I have some myrrh and sanctified honey with me, and also some spare cotton. You can roll up the cotton, bless it with the myrrh and honey, and place it inside. Or you can save yourself a lot of energy and just boil a rag and put it under your small clothes. I know we weren't all raised well, but... We can't all afford myrrh. That's interesting. I'd be worried about the pH balance, but honey does kill some bacteria and yeast. Well, seeing as we can't count on regular bathing, I think I'll go with the rag. Thanks. Jen, your body is a gift from Galadon. You should honor him by honoring it. Yeah, well, why doesn't Galadon plug up my- hey, babe? Billy chose a very opportune moment to come searching for Jen. If he noticed Regan's dismissive eye roll, he chose to ignore it. I suspect, however, that he did not even notice it. Oh, hey. You all right? Fine, honey, we're just talking. What about? Just, you know, girl stuff. What kind of girl stuff? Jen's gonna bleed soon. Ew. What happened to a little blood never hurt anybody? Yeah, but that's different. This comes out of her, 
you know. At this point, Billy's face grew quite red as he stammered. Regan took obvious joy in the boy's discomfort. Eventually, Jen ended his misery by supplying the word. Vagina? What? <laughs> <clears throat> what? <clears throat> what was that word? Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Funniest word I ever heard. That's what you call it where we're from. It isn't. <laughs> now Jen's face was the one turning red. Unable to speak, she simply nodded emphatically. That sounds like something a warlock would name his stronghold. Sounds like something an orc yells when he has a tooth pull. <laughs> Gather round. Before we go, say it one more time. Vagina. <laughs> Look, girly, call it whatever you want. But don't expect anyone to take your cunt seriously when you call it that. The women composed themselves as they walked to the front of the barn. There, Brennan and Yellowin were waiting. The elf was sitting comfortably on the back of a beautiful chestnut mare. Brennan stood holding the lead of another horse, and a third grazed calmly nearby. Billy and Nelson were standing a respectful distance away, but Jen was drawn to the majestic animals. She reached up and stroked the face of the nearest horse. You're beautiful. Under the circumstances, I think it's wise to opt for speed over stealth. The Kaltir and I know how to ride. Nia said she could not. Regan, however, quickly vaulted up onto the back of the nearest horse. The motion wasn't pretty, but it was effective. I've been on a few horses in my day. None that you acquired legally, I presume. I commandeered them in the name of the queen. You three said you couldn't, I. So, so is this the riding tutorial? No, we haven't the time. You'll need to ride with us. Jen, ride with Yellowine. Fuck that. Would you prefer to ride with me? Make Nelson do it. He's all hot for your pointy ears anyway. I'd rather not. He's very strange. Nelson, ride with Regan. Near with them, lest Her Highness get in a hostage-taking mood again. This prospect reminded Nelson of certain facts about male anatomy, which, for some reason, were potential causes of embarrassment. I'm, I'm gonna ride with both of them on the horse? No, you're gonna lay underneath it and hang onto its cock. One of the horses will need to carry three, and you're the lattice. Uh, I, I don't think that's a good idea. General, perhaps the two boys can ride with you. That's really gay, dude. Uh, Nelson and Jan, then. <laughs> Not happening. Billy and Regan. Uh-uh. Regan, Jan, and Nia. Nope. nope. Everyone has 30 seconds to get on the goddamn horse or else I put the horse on you. Eventually, the party settled on a satisfactory riding arrangement. Brennan and Jen shared the front horse. Behind them, Nelson sat between Regan and Nia. The boy was focusing very intently on the ground beneath them. Yellowin and Billy brought up the rear. Billy had tried to ride without touching the elf at all. He fell at the very first step of the horse. Now he rode with his arms around Yellowin's waist. It is impossible to gauge which of them was more upset with this arrangement. Two hours passed, uneventfully, as they rode along monotonous countryside. Suddenly, Yellowin called forward. General, I hear the faint sound of weapons, but I can't tell from where. Let's halt. Fuck me. At this, Regan also became aware of certain facts about Nelson's anatomy. Really? Kaldir, dismount and scout over that hill. Everyone else, keep your voices down. What do we do if they are enemies? General Brennan gave Nia a hard stare. 
and then wordlessly turned towards the hill and the retreating figure of Yilloween. The elf reached the crest of the ridge. It felt like an hour before Yilloween moved, but only a few minutes passed before he turned and gestured for Brennan to join him. As the general reached the crest of the hill, he could see what Yilloween had seen. In the valley below, Brennan saw a field of tents, hundreds of them neatly regimented. Above each tent, flapping proudly in the wind, stood a black raven on a field of red. Leaf of Felgir has called his banners. For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira, and directed and edited by Christian Madeira. It is performed by Garrett Armin, Dan Dobransky, Hayes Dunlop, Anya Gibeon, Ian Harkins, Emily Cook, Paul Notice, Frank Querez, and Julie Reed. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. Production sound engineering is done by Gary O'Keefe, with dialogue editing, post-production mixing, and sound design by Sandra Ramirez. Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Thanks for downloading.